Hey, good morning. We are live. This is episode. What episode is this? I forgot. It is episode 113. Uh, do you know how to properly take care of guests from all walks of life? Does your team understand culture competency? Competence? Competency? Com I'm saying it right or wrong. Uh, competency. Let's get the show started. This is episode 113. Hi, welcome to Hospitality Live with Rupesh, the hotel industry's top weekly resource for everything hospitality. Each week, you'll hear insights and the latest trends. Plus, get ready to be inspired by hotel leaders that are here to help you grow. Now, here's your host, Rupesh Patel. What's up? Comment and let me know where you're watching from. Guys, by the way, I uh, just flew in from Portland, Oregon, where I got to speak. I had the opportunity to speak to an amazing group of hotel GMs. And guys, comment. Let me know where you're watching from. I know we have Peggy in the house. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's see. We have Peggy in the house. I'm not sure who. Else. I don't know if my thing is going live. I think it is live. Guys, comment. Let me know if we're live, guys. This episode is super important as international travel starts again, I think, next week or the week after on the 8th of November. Uh, this is episode 113, how your hotel's culture competency can drive revenues and guest loyalty. You're going to learn how your employees can be more engaging uh, within just this topic and then find out how to improve guest satisfaction. Guest satisfaction scores are always uh, important and uh, the tips that we're going to share today are going to help you drive more of that. And then also discover uh, employee culture insights. I'm super excited about this episode. My buddy that uh, I met a couple weeks ago, or maybe like four weeks ago, at the lodging conference, uh, Seema Jane is going to be on. Uh, super excited about that, guys! This episode is brought to you by somebody. Somebody, let me know in the comments. www.smartguests.com with over forty, almost forty-seven hundred customers, clients uh, nationwide. Hotels like yours are using smartguests.com to improve their operations, marketing, reviews, guest service scores, all of those things to help improve uh, guest loyalty and improve uh, revenue, which is always important. Um, guys, go to smartguests.com and uh, uh, create a free account and also get started uh, with the 50 tools uh, that Smart Guests offers. Thank you so much to smartguests.com. Uh, and by the way, I am looking for some sponsors for the show um, and looking for a couple of sponsors. So if you are interested or know another company that's interested, we are looking for sponsors. We have some really cool sponsors coming up in the next week, but I am looking for some more sponsors. And these sponsors are going to be part of an event that I'm going to be having, hopefully in the next couple months. So thank you so much to Smart Guests. And uh, DM me if you're interested. All right, so every week I talk about a, a uh, mindset, and this week um, is the Michael Jordan uh, Michael Jordan uh, quote, and here it is. It is talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. And that's a quote by Michael Jordan. This is a post I posted a couple, uh, like five days ago. And this is me and my brother-in-law at our true in uh, Chicopee, Massachusetts. And it's true that, you know, uh, I'm proud of him for his vision, his uh, intelligence, his determination, his hard work, all of those things that keep us going, keep him going. And, you know, 
uh, keep our teams going. So shout out to the entire team at the True by Hilton in Chicopee, Massachusetts. Um, hopefully I'm going to be there in the next couple of months or at least do a virtual with them to kind of keep it going for their team. Um, let's see. What else, guys? Thank you so much to the entire team at BHG uh, Hotel Group. I just flew in from Portland, Oregon at five o'clock this morning. I did the red eye. This was me yesterday uh, in Portland, Oregon with the entire team. They have about 20 hotels in the market in Portland and or in Oregon. And it was so much fun. I spent four hours talking about leadership, talking about reviews and shout out to the folks that joined me. Um, uh, Jeremy Nichols, um, Rebecca, you've seen her on the show, O'Brien. Uh, I've uh, Jason Lee and, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting who else was on there. I'm getting too old. Listen, I turned 45 over the weekend and, and, uh, this is my birthday that we just celebrated. And listen, who else celebrates a birthday for an entire month? Comment and let me know. My birthday parties continue this week where tomorrow my friends are hosting a party at a hotel. Uh, it's private, so I can't tell you that just yet, but I'm super excited that we get to keep it going. And, um, yeah, I do party for, for a long time, especially when it's my birthday. It's my 45th birthday uh, this uh, this year. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Sarah. I see her clapping in the background. <laughs> uh, guys, comment. Let me know where you're watching from. All right, so we have folks from um, Lehigh Valley. I love that. Hey, Peggy. Peggy's awesome. We have uh, Toronto in the house. Uh, we have Dallas, Texas in the house. Plano, or Plano in the house. Uh, let's see, London. Good morning. You know, I was born in England. Uh, good morning to Jan. Good morning uh, from Maryland, India, Minnesota. Go Bucks. Love it, guys. Uh, let's see. Where I, I didn't get to print out the uh, the show notes for today, so I'm going back and forth between uh, two tabs. All right. So every week, I'm super excited about the news that Sarah has. Uh, to announce today, but and she's been working on this for a long time. Every week we bring in Sarah Dandeshi with the Hospitality Minute. Sarah, are you here? Hi, I'm Sarah Dandeshi from Ask a Concierge. Every week I'll be sharing the latest hospitality and travel news and updates in a segment we like to call Hospitality Minutes. What's up, Sarah? What's up? Good morning. First of all, first of all, Happy belated birthday. And I'm Thank so you. glad that you are celebrating all week or all month, really, because you deserve it. And it's so exciting. So, yay. Secondly, I'm so excited to actually be joining you live as opposed to <laughs> sending you a video from wherever I am in the world, although I am in a hotel room. So I want to actually do a special shout out, even though it's I'm kind of in the corner. I'm at a brand new hotel in Los Angeles. It's called the Shea um, Hotel. It's a Hyatt property, and it's nice. here um, in Culver City. So it's actually where they do a lot of movies. You've got Sony Studios down the street, HBO, super cool property. So I'll be sharing it on my Instagram if you guys want to check it out. But I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I'm more excited that, that we are definitely doing it live together. Finally, after a couple of weeks, and yeah. uh, you've been like jet setting all over the world. You just got back, and now mm -hmm. you're already on the road again. Uh, but before we start the hospitality minute, we're gonna start off with another surprise. And what is it, Sarah? Okay, so you've probably heard me talk about it, but uh, the book that I have been working on is nearing the finish. So if you want to put your name and email on the list, go to Hospitality from Within. 
Um, I've got two options here. I would love, actually, you know what? We should ask people, do you prefer the matte cover or the glossy cover? You can tell me later. It's fine. But uh, the book is nearing coming out. I'm just doing a couple final tweaks. Hospitality from within. Head to that website. Uh, you can put your name and email in there. And then as soon as the pre-sale is available, we'll be sending details out to everybody. So, so exciting. Somebody congratulate in the comments. Congratulate, Sarah. This is a big feat because, listen, writing your own book, I mean, mm. we could probably do a whole – Maybe we should do a, a, a little uh, show yeah. on this next week or in the next couple of weeks on how to publish a book, because I know a lot of folks that are in the industry have so much experience like yourself, Sarah, that would love to write a book. Guys, comment yeah. and let me know if you're interested in uh, learning that. But then also comment and congratulate Sarah on <laughs> this big, amazing. It's um, like it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. I, I like the glossy look. I like glossy. Yeah, I think glossy is the way to go. Yeah. Angel says Rossi. All right. So let's get into the hospitality minute. All right. Okay. Perfect. So exciting times. The holidays are right around the corner. And the big question is how much will Americans spend on holiday travel this year? Because obviously last year was, I would almost call it a muted holiday muted in the sense, just a little bit more dull muted, not muted as in you can't talk. All right. Clearly my caffeine has kicked in. Um, okay. So uh, actually a report by NerdWallet, they found their holiday travel report that Americans are projected to spend close to $200 billion on travel during the holidays this year with an average of $1,814 per traveler. Now, nevertheless, and where does this apply to us as hoteliers? is travelers are still very conscious of their money with 89% of Americans choosing cheaper flights and hotels or opting to use loyalty rewards points and save on expenses. So keep that in mind, obviously, as people are making their travel decisions for this year. Now, the biggest category where they are kind of um, aware of their budget is flight category. So about 30, 37%, but followed closely by hotels at 33%. So that means people that are traveling for the holidays are being very mindful as far as how much they are spending on hotels. So that being said, moving on, let's talk about cruise lines. Uh, a lot of exciting things happening. If you guys are cruisers or know people that are, they're getting back out there. A lot of things, um, if you've been following the industry, they've basically been doing a limited capacity, uh, which is great for travelers because there's more space, but you know, as we all know, you definitely want to have close to uh, a full house at some point if you're looking to make a profit. So the big question is, is when can cruise lines actually return to 100% fleet capacity? So right now, the orders that are requiring them to be at this sort of minimal or limited capacity goes through until about January 15th. And then after that, Basically, they'll be working very closely with the CDC to have sort of modified um, orders. Also, for those that have been following all of the big cruise ships and most of the cruise lines, they are required to have 95% of their crew as well as passengers vaccinated. So that's another thing to keep in mind. All right. And then moving on to our final topic. This is kind of cool. Uh, Hertz made the news this week in that they just ordered a fleet of 100,000 Teslas. And this is kind of a big deal. I mean, there's a big deal in, in a lot of different ways. A, Hertz and all car rental companies weren't doing so well last year. So for them to come out 
of the gates like this and to make such a big purchase. That was huge. But also sustainability. We've been talking about this a lot. Sustainability is really important, not only for hotels, we've seen airlines get into it. And now obviously it only makes sense that car rental companies are getting into it. This uh, purchase would now make Hertz the largest um, electronic vehicle rental fleet in North America. So that's really great. And um, by the way, for those that even follow stocks, <laughs> um, if you happen to have uh, any investment in stocks, you, in Tesla specifically, you probably noticed on Monday with this announcement, boop, stock prices went up. So, um, so yeah, so it's definitely an interesting time. And uh, that is it for the Hospitality Minute. <laughs> Rupesh is totally gonna tease me right now. I can do a song and dance until he brings it brings himself back on. <laughs> oh, this is good. Rupesh, really, you're really teasing me now. <laughs> I am teasing you. <laughs> I love doing that to you. I know you like start sweat. I see you sweating, turning red. Nah, you're good. I mean, so I could have started like reading. the book again, and we are going to do an entire show about your book here soon. Yes. No, we definitely will. Hospitality from within. Uh, what's, I think... The the thing that I'm the most proud of is, you know, certainly it shares a lot of the lessons that I've learned along the way, but it also shares stories and quotes from other people in the industry, because really, I think the biggest takeaway, and this kind of ties back into, um, you know, what your, you know, what you were talking about earlier is that the hospitality industry is all about a team. You know, we don't do anything, one thing together. And so when it came to writing a book, I was like, I can't do this by myself. The experience of being in hospitality is that teamwork. So there you go. There you have right. it. Enter your name and information so you can pre-order uh, this book. And I'm buying a bunch of these, Sarah, and giving them away yeah. um, as uh, prizes for some what? of my events. So I'm super excited about that. But we are going to do an entire show just on your book. Dude. Congratulations, Sarah. Where can people find you on social? Um, and everywhere. All right. So guys, follow along. I'm on social media. My handle is Ask a Concierge. I'm definitely going to be doing some great features on the Shea Hotel in Culver City, where I am right now. Beautiful property. Also, uh, I'm going to be doing a roundup of a couple of other hotels that I was at in Berlin So um, and Germany, Baden-Baden as well. So definitely stay tuned. Find me Ask a Concierge or my website, askaconcierge.tv. She has a huge following on every single platform, in, including TikTok. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> we you like about my dance moves. I, I want to see your dance. She, Sarah knows how to dance. She, she. I do. Yeah. I do know how to dance. I just, Sarah, you know, my we'll talk to you next week. Yes, you will. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, guys. This is episode 113, and we're talking about how to improve or not improve. Learn about culture. Com competency. I can't, I don't know. I can't say it properly. All right. So our featured guest is the founder of uh, uh, Seva Global. Just let's introduce her. She's been with Marriott from the in, the, in the past. Yes. Last week she was at the Ritz Carlton and we're going to talk more about her experience and how this can help you. This specific topic can help you as international travel comes back. Seema Jane, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rupesh. Great to be here with you today and happy birthday. Um, keep celebrating. And when I meet you in Orlando, we'll celebrate some more. Definitely. Well, tell us about your background in hospitality and uh, how you got into this topic, because this is very, very niche. 
It, it is, Rupesh. So um, as you know, uh, when our parents came here in the 50s, 60s, uh, my father was a professor in finance and he decided that um, I should probably stay in the business school and, and do some work in that area. So I took the finance major as a um, college grad and economics. So did acquisitions in the first life of mine, um, followed his footsteps and, and kept up in the business school. And then about 25 years ago, my parents decided to buy some hotels. So they bought a few um, Hilton properties, Hilton Garden Inn, Hampton Inn. And when I decided to go back to work after raising three kids, I said, you know what, maybe I should learn hospitality since they might want me to help them at some future point. Didn't know what an ADR is, didn't know what RevPAR was, none of that. But you know what, hospitality sales sounded a lot more sexier than acquisitions and discounted cash flow models. So I took my hand about 14, 15 years ago and started at Marriott at a resort in Chicago. And today I'm actually sitting at um, the hotel of the JW Marriott Chicago, where the GM was my first GM 14 years ago. So when I started that role of sales, um, and I hope I have some sales folks on the call as well, but I really enjoyed learning that when you are culturally competent, you can drive the sales. The year was 2008, Rupesh, and I don't know if you remember, the economy was not so good at that time. And um, one thing we realized is that we needed to think out of the box. As a salesperson, I didn't get my goals changed. I still had to figure out how to drive business into the hotels. So I had a residence in um, that was part of my portfolio, and I saw a group of Indian travelers at a nearby competition. So I asked, um, hey, travel manager, can we get some of your folks into my hotel? I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to um, add Indian breakfast items. I'm going to add Indian TV shows in the room. I'm going to do a Bollywood night for everybody. And she and, you know, just give me one test period. She sent over a few people. We were so successful, Rupesh, in cultural competency and understanding their needs that we were able to move Revpar from three to one and moved a couple thousand room nights within three months. So needless to say, the GM, who was part of the secret recipe, she was willing to do this. So she saw that if we did this, we could drive sales. Together, GM and sales make a phenomenal team. It's a given recipe. And thereon, we did the Chinese market, Japanese market, Brazilian market, and we realized the recipe continues on. Easy to do. And yes, this might have costed a little bit of money, but the ROI was significant. So the story went up to corporate. They created a position for me at Marriott International. They said, can you do this for all hotels, having these successes and driving sales? And of course, our GSS scores improved too. When people feel they're being taken care of the way they want to be, it's fabulous. So last year, when the fur furlough happened for many of us in the industry, I decided to take the the opportunity to teach the cultural competency to other markets as well. So hospitality is one of my first loves, but I can do it for any industry because everybody needs to learn about how to take people, take care of people of a different background. Right. And we're talking about cultural competency. So what does that mean when we're talking? Because I'm thinking like people are like culture, like, is that like what we do with our teams or is it, um, background of a nationality sure. tell us more about that because I, I i know folks even when i when i heard what you're doing i was like nobody's doing this in your yeah. in the industry right and you are the, pretty much the only person that's doing this so and you're helping hotels out and pretty much any company that is looking to you know have a diverse group of people right that they're working with and i think that's most companies 
Yeah, absolutely. So Rupesh, it's very simple. Cultural competency is basically learning how to work with people of different backgrounds so that your teams can operate more successfully. I bet if you look at any given meeting, people don't look everything like you. Our future workforce, which is the Gen Z, is going to be comprised of 50% people of color. So when we know these statistics coming in and we're trying to hire good talent, um, this is something that it's going to be very important to know of how do people want to be treated when they are coming from another background, especially as that international travelers come. My group was a group of Indians that came from Delhi to do outsourcing back in the time and the short-term project management goals. Nowadays, we have leisure travelers. We have all types, business, leisure, associations, social events, everything. So we want to be understanding how to take care of them, be empathetic toward them, understanding their needs. Right. And, and tell us a story. And I, let me pull it up. I'm going to pull your presentation up because I think it's very um, eye-opening when you when you consider it, right? And so let me pull this up right here. Yeah. Tell us about why this matters to all our hotels because until you told me this story a week ago, I'm like, oh, wow, this, this is true. And, and this affects a lot of different people. And it, it affects your team. It affects guests that are coming. It affects loyalty affects a lot of parts of a hotel, uh, especially when it's open 24 hours a day with people from all over the world. What does this mean? What What is this? Yeah. this it looks like this guy's dying. He's drinking yeah. soda. He's running. Like, what's? Tell us a story. All right. So people always say, why does this matter? Why do I need to learn about this? And one thing is, as it can drive your sales in a hotel, it's also important not to have any faux pas because you can have some um, disloyalty or negative scores. So we want to make sure our teams are ready to take care and serve these guests to the best they can. So in this story, this is a favorite one of mine as a former salesperson with Marriott. Um, here's a man, um, and, and let me explain the background. There's a USA salesperson, and he's been asked to have the Middle Eastern market to sell his company soda. So he goes out to the Middle East only to realize, Rupesh, that he doesn't know any Arabic. So we had to think out of the box. How am I going to convey my messaging without any knowledge of the language? Simple. He put a storyboard together. The storyboard goes like this. Here's a man dying in the desert. He drinks the company's soda and now he's up and running. He feels great. The man is so proud of himself. He feels great. He decides to blow the entire marketing budget of the year and plaster this sale, uh, billboard um, over any place he can find in the Middle East billboards, bus um, on the back of buses, wherever. He goes back to USA and tells his boss, boss, I am so proud of myself. I thought out of the box and I created a great storyboard for the entire Middle East. Look, the man's dying in the desert. He's drinking our soda. And now he's up and running. This is a fabulous way for us to increase our soda sales. And the boss is just looking at him and he's shaking his head and he goes, the guy's like, what's wrong? I think this is a genius. He goes, don't you know that Arabic is read from right to left? So that was a huge faux pas. The company learned quickly. And of course, we learned these things, um, hopefully through others, but not by our own experience. So that's what we do at our companies to make sure we help people set up for success. Right. And so in, the, in this example he's running then he's drinking a soda and then he passes out that's what right. they're reading in the middle east that's what they're reading exactly rupesh that's exactly how they read it wow and so when i saw this i'm like wow that actually makes a lot of sense when we don't understand other mm -hmm. cultures and this is what you're trying to do you're you're helping our teams to understand all the other cultures and that way we can properly take care of them right correct
And more so, it's also understanding by department and discipline. So it's important to know what can front desk do, what can housekeeping do, what can F&B do, events and sales. Every department can contribute because we have to work collaboratively to make sure the guest is taken care of in the best way. So yes. this is just a great definition, what I said earlier, to understand and communicate effectively so that when you interact with people across cultures, you are doing it in the best way you can. To remember, Rupesh, that we are going to be different, to find similarities, but respect the differences that make a difference. The beauty of what I've been doing for 10, 15 years is I try to teach people that you can do things with mindful thinking and not always about a big budget. So there are so many things you can do that don't cost money, but it really makes our teams um, our guests feel good for those small gestures that make a difference. Right, right. And so let's talk about some of those things. I know you alluded to your example that you successfully uh, incorporated this program into the Residence Inn. Um, yeah. Tell us more about that because I know we're all thinking of creative ideas and trying to think outside of our hotel. And sometimes we're in this bubble and we can't think outside because we're so focused on maybe the day-to-day -day operations. We're focused on um, other issues that happen that pop up at our hotels. But, you know, we're looking at always driving ROI and always looking at driving revenues. This is a way to drive revenues. And you can see the annual revenues went up by $730,000 and just at an expense of $37,000. What did you do to achieve this? Right. So when the groups came in and I got the first group, one thing that's important to understand, Rupesh, is which cultures are relationship building cultures and which ones are more transactional. So there's a lot of differences. The Indian client and a lot of Asian clients tend to be more relationship building. They're not going to do business till they get to know you and feel the trust and comfort. Many cultures around the world, including Latin America, Middle East, they feel that same way. We have to get to know you a little bit more. So in my case study, 2008, in the midst of a downturn, terrible economy, I had a very re receptive GM. And that's number one key, a GM who believes in this, who said, I'm willing to try it. Now, mind you, she's a Polish woman. I'm an Indian woman. And at that time, we're working for a company that was, you know, uh, with an owner that's uh, founders that are Mormon. So a very multicultural pool of talent coming together. So what we did is we had a welcome and amenity in the room, something small that had a little bit of their culture, a little bit of our local culture, not a lot, $10. We offered ethnic breakfast in the morning. So when you have a residence in, you have a buffet, we added an Indian dish and altered it out and partnered with the restaurant. Interestingly, Rupesh, it wasn't my Indian guest that always loved it. It was the non-Indian guest that appreciated because as you know, in a long-term extended state property, you get kind of bored of the same foods every day. So they appreciated the variety. Um, back in 2008, newspapers were a little bit more uh, you know, uh, important with India Tribune, India West, put those out in the gatehouse, TV shows, Sony TV, TV Asia. We weren't downloading things as much back then, so it was different. We would take them to an ethnic grocery store once a month and they could buy because they have a kitchen. So they felt comfortable and they would tell us what they'd like. That's the key. Use your guests to find out what is it they want. If it's feasible, doable, we do it for them. Cultural events, we had a Bollywood night once a month and we spent money to have a beautiful dinner catered in by a local Indian restaurant. But of course, Indians never being punctual, the 5.30 time that was given to nine o'clock, Indians come around 7.30, but my local guests, the non-Indians were there at 5.30 ready to go. They loved the food so much. So the best thing we did 
the GM and I partnered together that after one week of their arrival into from India to USA, jet lag is done. We took them to a lovely Indian restaurant. After a week, you might miss your home food. We took them and we built the relationship. We got to know them. $200 for a dinner meant nothing for, you know, all the thousands of room nights that we got. So these are ways we did it. And one thing I want to caution you also is that annual revenue of 700000 it didn't come just from my Indian clients. The word of mouth is so powerful in ethnic cultures. That's why social media today has a lot of power. I really think that the Facebook was invented by some Indians because we probably were the original social network um, of two degrees of separation. So that 730,000 came from other Indian groups in the market, other companies that had Indian clients and friends were telling people, come, come to this hotel. They offer this. We didn't even have to sell. They did it all by themselves. So whatever I'm talking to today, it is done over all the 12 cultures I teach and it's the same recipe throughout. Right. And, and the impact is huge, right? So as you can see right here, <clears throat> this is a key slide. From a corporate angle, employee engagement is very important. Everybody's trying to make sure our employees feel good. Look at the staffing shortages we're having in the country. Look at the fact that you know, trying to retain people, trying to acquire them. The next generation that is coming through, they're not looking at companies from a salary benefit perspective. Yeah, they're looking for an impact. They're looking for that. They're making a big difference. In, they are looking you know, for diversity, sustainability. They're looking for things that are going to be purposeful companies. So we need to show that. And cultural competency is one way. From a market angle, the customer acquisition, which is what I did, how do I get new customers? They have to be smart in doing that too. How do we strengthen partner relationships and positive media exposure? Every place I went to, whether it be Dallas or Florida or Toronto, we've been to any place, London as well, we made sure that the coverage that was given at the hotel, we called the newspapers and everything to do a story for the hotel, showing the good the hotel is doing. We have enough negative publicity in this world, Rupesh. My job is to help our hotels get limelight for the good work they're doing. And it's important that we stay authentic in this space and genuine because people notice that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think cruise lines do a good job at kind of, uh, you know, helping different cultures out when they're on the cruise for a week or two. And um, they bring that local flavor that they're used to or that they miss. Um, and yes. I think that's uh, it makes a big impact on their their experience at the, on the cruise. So I'm, I'm glad that this is kind of kind of similar in, in what they do, yeah. but uh, more geared towards hospitality, which I love. And there's so many positive impacts on making a small change or making these small, you know, not adjustments, but adding additions to your hotel could definitely get you great exposure. First of all, on social media, you can be like, it, it can be like a viral story that this hotel did something for a specific group or a culture or something that, especially when it's timed properly, I, I love that, um, that you can make a big difference just on the PR side of things, but then also with guests staying every single day or being loyal. And I think that's what we're looking for now is, you know, the guests have so many options these days to kind of stay anywhere and everywhere. Um, you can make a big impact and make a personalized experience. I think that's what matters. And, you know, and it drives sales. So let's talk about the whole, uh, how to sell to them because I want that business. We all want that business. How do you get that business into your hotel? 
Sure, absolutely. And I think Sarah, you know, nailed some great statistics at the beginning too, that we're seeing $200 billion coming through in travel. So where business travel has taken a hit during the pandemic, the leisure traveler did okay this past summer. And with the fact that we can work from home, some of us, that has changed the way we're looking at things too. So definitely when you understand cultures, whether it be leisure or business, um, it is opportunities to look at to say, hey, what can I do to attract a new segment? Social is huge. And just like the pandemic has been there, those Indian weddings that are going on are still going on, Rupesh. And I know you see it too. So their biggest tension is where can I get 600 people, right? Because of social distancing, you can't do that. A lot of people are going to Mexico. A lot of people are going to islands, going somewhere else where they may be able to have that opportunity. Group events are coming back as you and I met at the lodging conference with 1,900 people. Oh, I had 6,000 people. So we are seeing the group business come back um, again. If you know you're having a multicultural group coming, you can reach out to say, hey, we need to learn about this group to set up for success, to make sure that we take care of that group, whether they be a Muslim group, a Jewish group, LGBTQ group, whatever it is, we want to make sure we understand everything so that our hotels are prepared to take care of them. And then, of course, associations, whether it be National Black MBA or um, a Human Rights Campus, there's so many great associations that, again, taking a little time to learn what's important to them will really help the teams. And then of course, taking that information and, and communicating to the frontline workers is key. If we just keep it at the leadership level, Rupesh, it doesn't help. Those frontline workers are the most impactful and they're touching our guests every day. So we wanna make sure that we are ready for them. Right, and, and how do you learn more about the culture uh, when, it's, when we're talking about a specific group of people like how do i go out and learn more about them if i'm trying to if i know that this this wedding's coming in town or this big event's coming into town um how do i learn more about them do i reach out to who so i've been doing indian wedding workshops for the last 10 years that's one thing you can always go on to um, different websites there's a um a great company, Culture Wizard, out there that you can subscribe to, and they teach you about 200 different cultures if you want a quick, fast something. The difference, what I do is I take that cultural competency material that's very cookie cutter, and I personalize it to the market in the hotel. So I speak the voice of the hospitality, been boots on the ground for years, so that's what I try to do, to make it easier for them that they can take away takeaways right now that don't cost money. That's the goal. How do I keep it within a budget? And this is probably the good upbringing of us Indians is, you know, your parents have taught you save money. How do you do it? You know, get the value. So I want to make sure that my hotel teams don't have to spend a lot, but they can do things that are very mindful and remembered by the guest as well. So right. that's key. That is key. Right. And, and then, so yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I say the previous slide was just a couple of examples. Um, my very first time I did a culture day for the company, I decided to shoot for the stars and I called the Washington Post. Rupesh, I have no PR background whatsoever, but I figure they'll say no, right? And that's a good salesperson that just ask. You never know. So I called them and the um, journalist came to my session. She spent six hours in my class with me um, and she did a full page write up for this hotel. After that write-up was done in the Sunday Business Edition, that hotel got six wedding leads from it. Wow. The other side, Hotel Business, was a large incentive group from Japan. This group, I mean, millions of dollars working on this deal for six years, 
came in and two weeks prior to their arrival, myself and the author of a great book called Kiss, Bow or Shake Hands, she and I did a quick one hour training to all the um, teams and the leaders. And it's as simple as knowing the business um, card exchange for a Japanese, knowing that that should never be taken lightly. They do it with quite a ritualized exchange and you need to give it focus and time. If our teams did not do that correctly, Rupesh, the entire event would have started on the wrong note. That particular hotel got eight media hits for their great work. So that's what I like to do is see the limelight go for all the good work that people are doing. Right. And I was trying to pull up a picture of you uh, doing uh, uh, an event last week from yeah. uh, the Ritz Carlton. And I can't pull it up because some oh. for some reason, but I'll show it real quick. Yeah. Here's Seema uh, at the Ritz Carlton in uh, what's the city? It was St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. Virgin Islands. And and what did you do for this group of sure. uh, individuals? Because I know they're trying to learn which culture or what were they trying to learn? So they had a unique request. I customized it, which I do for my clients as well. Um, they wanted a women um, inspiration speech. So we did something for only the women of the Ritz-Carlton, the ladies and gentlemen there. Then I did a great, um, one of our most popular presentations called Growing Business Through Cultural Competency. And it teaches you everything from punctuality um, to uh, expressions of different cultures, body language, gestures of all around the world, how things are different. And again, different means not right or wrong. Different means just respecting the other cultures and realizing that maybe ours is not always the best one, but somebody else might do it better, might do it better. So taking the goods from other cultures. So we did that. And then I did eight customized workshops. So I know you talked four hours yesterday. I had to go from nine in the morning to six at night, um, 15 minute workshops by discipline front desk, spa, all the different disciplines. And we cater to them a unique way of um, learning the luxury brand culture, combining it with their own island culture identity, and then their department culture. So as you know, on the island, things are a little lax. It's kind of the Indian time of, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. So it's a little different. But when you have somebody coming from mainland, especially maybe the Northeast or something, they're more on a hurried lifestyle. They're kind of needing things right away. So even though me, if I'm an island person and I'm from St. Thomas and I'm born and raised, I might think, hey, you're on vacation. You should relax. But if I see that the guest is doing this all day at the at the restaurant, it probably means uh, read the body language. He wants his check and ready to go. So mm -hmm. we need to treat people the way they want to be treated when they are our guest. So mm -hmm. when you step on your property, you do that switch style of how do they want to be treated, not how I want to be treated. Uh, nice, nice. Um, all right. So let's, uh, th this has been amazing, you know, learning because I never realized that, hey, we sh we could be getting this whole different, you know, uh, group of people if we just kind of catered to them. And this is what you're, what you teach uh, folks. And so let's kind of go through what you do as far as the service. And for the folks that are listening, watching, please hit the like button. If you've enjoyed this, this is actually very helpful when you're, especially when international travel opens up here in the next couple of weeks, if your city was getting all that business or guess what, if there's something happening, like a, like a big, whatever, like the Olympics come to your city or something comes to your city, you need to understand all these different cultures that are coming in or even a wedding group that's coming in and understand what their uh, 
different parts of that, maybe the, the of the uh, maybe the reception or the wedding or whatever. Understand like how it flows, so that way you can be very helpful and uh, be a part of it instead of kind of like fighting against like, oh, we don't do that, we don't do that, right? You you get to understand it. So let us know what you do. Absolutely. So first of all, in quick summary, the cultural competency is a business imperative. In today's world, this is not a soft skill. It's a must skill if you want to survive. And the beauty of the program is that what you learn might be applicable to your hotel. But guess what? It's also applicable to my neighbor next door who's Japanese. And now all of a sudden, I understand why he does what he does. Or my daughter's school teacher is from Brazil. Now I understand. So it is such a great practical life experience, a lesson of learning that we can apply it in business and personal, which is terrific. So that helps a lot too. And the third thing is this type of workshops and training really empower our teams to be much more culturally confident when they are selling to a multicultural guest and taking care of. So that's why it's important. Your frontline workers are key. Your leaders are key. Everybody's important. But one of my highs in 14 years when our late CEO, Arnie Sorensen, came to my class and he comes in with his mango lassi and he comes in with his chai because he couldn't decide what to drink, but he loved it. So it was it was a good experience. But what we do is we do webinars, virtual. I'm also available in person. I will, I will be biased at the in-person workshops, whether it be um, a class on uh, Brazil uh, or a class on India or a class on Jewish or LGBTQ. They're definitely much more um, impactful because the Q&A dialogue is definitely better at that point. Um, I do culture day programs. So you pick three cultures of your choice and I work with you all day. So this is another great program. It depends on the market. I know we have some friends here from Dallas. When I was in Dallas, we did Mexico, we did Middle East and we did India. So we've, we've done different markets, different things, depending on what's happening in the area. Um, any speaking engagements are also there and consultation. So all there for you when you need. It. And awesome. when you're ready, this has been amazing. I most folks didn't never realize like, hey, we should understand other cultures, uh, especially in, in in depth. Instead of just saying, yeah, we I understand a few you know words in Spanish or whatever, but understanding like what the process is when an event comes to your hotel. Um, and, and I love that you 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 teach this stuff because you know a lot of folks in the in the in our industry don't think that deep into you know getting the engagement side of, uh, of things for your entire team. And guess what? Once your team understands and you, you show them that here's a different way of kind of looking at this culture or understanding them, they feel proud that they got to learn something that they would have never learned before. Right. And I love that. That's right. That's right. right. And Rupesh, one, one last thing before we go, for all of you on today, a tip I'm going to give you, for, if you don't know, Rupesh and I will be celebrating Diwali next week. It is the biggest Indian holiday. It is our Indian New Year, known as the Festival of Lights, similar to if you celebrate Christmas or Chinese New Year or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, Ramadan, some major holiday. This is our big one. So make sure you reach out to Rupesh and wish him a happy Diwali. Um, the Big day is November 4th and at hotels, so simple, put a sign at the front desk that says happy Diwali, um, make a little picture. You can go online and find something. But that one small gesture, if there's an Indian guest in your hotel, they'll take a picture and they will put that on all their social media. So you get some good publicity just by doing that. 
Absolutely. Well, this is a pleasure understanding um, more about this topic. I loved it. Guys, if you liked uh, the the entire episode, uh, put that in the comments. And the website is seva-global.com. Nasima James, thank you so Jane. I said, did I say James? Jane, thank you so much uh, for joining us. I really appreciated this conversation and uh, hopefully I get to see you in Orlando soon. I hope so too, but thank you for having me, Rupesh, and thank you for all the great comments coming through. I'm there for you when you're ready. Just give me a call, send me an email, and I'm happy to guide you and make sure we can do things to fit your budget. Awesome. Well, great job. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Guys, that was awesome. Let me see if I, I'm having technical issues with my computer. I think it's almost dying, which is fine. Um, I'm glad we made it through the show. And guys, uh, if you like this episode, hit the like button and share this with somebody on your team, with another GM, with another, with a DOS, because they would love to learn this. They're selling to these groups. Do they understand the culture, right? And that's a big um, impact. It could be a conversion that you could that could make you or break you from another hotel that they're looking at, right? So these are opportunities for you guys to continue growing. Guys, if you like this episode, hit the like button. Next Wednesday at 9.30 a.m., we have some amazing people on. And by the way, shout out to Sarah Dandeshi. Her book's coming out. Uh, get on the waiting list or get on the pre-sale list at Hospitality From Within. Um, guys, until then, please take care of yourself, each other. I will see you guys next week. And by the way, I accidentally deleted my outro, so <laughs> this is it. <laughs> Bye, guys. See you later.